Strachan and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. And Cooper puts it in with his friend Well, suddenly it's become a rout. Of course, when things are going wrong against you, you don't get the breaks of the ball. Cooper in with Stewart. He didn't really know where the ball was, but he got the break. And as you say, it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time, knowing that really all you've got to do is crack it into the back of the net. Hello and welcome once again to Here We Go, the Aberdeen FC podcast. And quite a bit of stuff for us to be talking over tonight with our our regular uh, trio. Uh, first of all, welcoming back uh, the, the other Martin, Martin Clunes. How are you getting on? I'm doing good. It's been a bit of an up and down week, Martin. Um, you know, it, it, no, no, bit of a bit of a worrying first half, then excitement after the game, and then leading into the day, positivity, um, and now feeling a little bit, you know... A little bit not sure after that final result. So, yeah, um, up and down at the best, I would say. Well, I'll take up and down from you. Um, and then joining us uh, from uh, an international location that I'll leave to him, whether he wishes to disclose or not, our, our international man of mystery, Richard Hay. How are you getting on? Good, thanks, Martin. Um, but I thoroughly recommend, by the way, just wandering around the foreign city um, when the Dons are playing and not actually giving too much of a shit about how it's going. It's really good for the soul. <laughs> I, I've 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 had that experience a few times in the past, and, and especially if the game isn't going very well, is 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 nice to be somewhere completely else and, and completely oblivious to what's going on. So, first of all, uh, given that Richard is joining us on uh, what is probably uh, uh, a very expensive collect call, if people remember such things, um, I was like a total tangent. I was reminiscing about uh, such things as as collect calls and remembering uh, an incredibly random set of advertisements, including Holly Valance. 0800 reverse if anyone remembers any of those go back and check out some of the youtube videos for that absolutely mental um but yeah richard you've uh gladly uh shared some of your time with us today because of the three of us you are the only one who actually made the journey to gothenburg to see us play our uh, europa league playoff first leg match against bk hecken um i will probably just begin by by throwing the 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 the, the microphone to yourself and before we get into the game, um, Alan Burrows on social media was talking about the, the kind of planes, trains and automobiles experiences of a, of a number of dandies in, in trying to get to this game at relatively short notice. You, you, you had proactively made a, a booking and made your flights uh, to get to Gothenburg a week before the, the hacking uh, result against Vilnius had even concluded. So confident were you that they were going to hold on to their 3-1 lead. You, you, you were proven correct. Um, and how, how did it go from there? Um, well, yeah, I, I I did. I changed my arm a little bit with uh, Hecken's first leg result. I had kind of written off getting to the playoff games because I am away now uh, and uh, I flew out yesterday and that was going to make it very tight. It was also going to make things quite difficult at home to try and negotiate that. Um, and as it happens, I'm going to miss the home game because I'm on a holiday which was booked 
It's nice it was booked the week after we lost 6-0 at Easter Road because I thought at that point Europe was completely out the window. So I went ahead and booked this. Um, but had it been any other location for the playoff game, and I was really hoping we'd get the home leg at home so that I'd be able to get to go to that and it'd be no concern or problem. But when it became clear it was going to be Gothenburg, I, I just couldn't not go. I just couldn't not be there. Uh, you know, I'm in a fortunate position to be able to have the, I suppose, have the disposable income to be able to do it. I know not everyone can do that. And uh, clearly very aware of that, very aware how lucky I am to do that. Also quite lucky at work to have flexibility to do that. Again, I know not everyone's in that boat. So the ability to swan off to a foreign country for a couple of days, um, I know not everyone can do that. But uh, from my point of view, very short window, really, really resented paying the sort of flight prices out of Aberdeen as well. I don't, I, you know, obviously when it comes to the group stage games, we'll have more warning. There'll be quieter times of year. So I would expect it will have a bit more flexibility for people wanting to fly out of Aberdeen. But you, you were talking five, six hundred pounds to get out of Aberdeen um, to, to go to Gothenburg, even to go to Copenhagen, just to get out to anywhere in continental Europe. So definitely low cost airlines were our friends as far as this went. <clears throat> there was a Wednesday flight, I know, from Edinburgh to Gothenburg, which uh, was very busy and seemed to be a bit of a party plane. Um, I sort of needed to make sure that I didn't take any time off on the Wednesday, just had the Thursday, Friday off work. So Thursday morning flight to Copenhagen from Edinburgh, then a train journey from Copenhagen Airport to Malmo and then Malmo to Gothenburg. All went very smoothly. The only thing I was really concerned about was the, was the actual flight because I knew that once we got to Europe, that the typical Scandinavian efficiency would see, would see us fine, would see us okay. And so it proved, um, you know, absolutely no problem whatsoever doing that route, doing that trip. And again, train fares, if you try and book those in this country uh, a week in advance, uh, you probably wouldn't get them for the sort of prices you I was able to get the Copenhagen to Gothenburg trains. So, yeah, really hectic, very short time in Gothenburg itself. Got there about 2.30 on the, on the Thursday. Um, the game obviously kicked off at 7 and then had to leave again at 8.30 on the Friday morning. So the briefest of briefest stops. So we saw a little bit of the city. Understandably, we made that pilgrimage to the Uwe and um, they were preparing for a gig on the Thursday, which I think was taking place on the Saturday. Uh, but there was this uh, very, very cool, very, very um, good-humoured security guard who was guarding one of the gates who let us in to take some photographs and actually took a photograph of the two of us who were there in front of the stands. Um, I think he'd probably had two days of it. I think he'd probably had two days of Don's fans turning up and pleading uh, to be allowed in. So I think he was well used to it. I think he understood the significance of the venue to us, which was very good of him, um, very good of the, the people to allow us to do that. Um, obviously a shame that we couldn't go and do a full tour because of that gig, but just to see it and to see it from the outside as well and everything. I mean, it, it, it is. It's a place of worship for us. Um, and to be there was, was pretty special. Um, Bit of a wonder about the city, um, not as expensive as I expected it to be, I think. And I found this as well when I've been at um, been away for work in Norway and things recently. The exchange rate is slightly more in our favour right now, um, but wasn't a heavy one on the beers, as you can imagine, with an 8.30 um, train the next morning. The game itself, the Bravida Stadium, good public connection, good public transport connections up there. Took the trams up uh, to the match. Had to pause a little while while the uh, 
the swing bridge open to allow some shipping through, but uh, you don't get that at Pitodri. Uh, well, you don't get any sort of reliable public transport, and that's not true. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, very efficient getting up there. Um, ground itself, small, compact, I would imagine it probably seats about uh, six, six and a half thousand. But of course, European nights, they're not allowed to use the standing areas, which is a, which is a real shame. Um, then onto the game itself, which I think we can probably discuss as a three, because you would have all seen it. Um, but uh, needless to say, the atmosphere was, uh, was really good um, at the start. We had a little bit during the first half as we, as we struggled to find our feet. But uh, the moments toward the end, which we can come to later, were, were really quite special. That sounds like an absolutely fantastic experience, Richard. Um, very, very jealous of you and of uh, all the rest of the dandies that were, were able to make that trip there, and especially uh, any, anyone who was uh, both old enough but also fortunate enough to have uh, been at the Ulevi Stadium for the, the match itself. It would have been incredibly meaningful for those that would have returned there if they'd been at the game themselves, but I know also... It, you know, even for those of us that were probably just not old enough to be uh, able to, to do that, um, uh, or for people that weren't even born when it happened, I think the, the city and that stadium still holds quite a bit of significance to everyone. Um, going on to the game itself then, um, in in many respects, Martin, uh, a very unusual European tie because um, I, I think uh, a lot was made of uh, BK Hecken being quite a, flea, a free-flowing and attacking team. They had... Um, recorded a 5-0 win at home against Vilnius in order to secure their passage through to uh, this playoff round and um, with quite a formidable home record going into this match as well and and, uh, Aberdeen uh, much much to their credit perhaps um, decided they would fight fire with fire and 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 really go at the opposition again so again really a really really unusual European tie where you're you know we're probably used to experiencing these really cagey affairs in first legs where neither team wants to necessarily give each other advantage whereas in in in, in this match you seem both both teams were just uh, going toe to right from the outset. Yeah, I think it's you know, it's maybe one of these things that comes now that there's no such a thing as a away goals rule. Where you know you used to, you know, maybe five years ago, you would say, you would say, oh, we're going to go to this place. Well, keep it tight and maybe try and nick one, and then you know get them back, get them home. But you don't have to. But obviously, you don't have to. You don't. No, you don't have that anymore. Um. So yes, it was. It was so open. Just you no. Know, that that first 15, 15, 20 minutes, um, was really frantic. Uh, just. Proper, proper end-to-end stuff, you know. I mean, for a neutral, I'm sure it would have been a really exciting game. Um, you know, I was at times, you know, a little bit watching it from watching it from behind my hands um, because um, just having the, you know, just the, the fear that you know something was going to go, something was going to go wrong. But no, we'll be, but no, we were getting, we got forward in good positions. You know, as did they, um, you know, creating some chances. Was really impressed with that front three of theirs, and you could see why. Um, you know they've they've scored a lot of goals. Um, this obviously Sadiq is really handy, um, and they obviously the the um, Leuni that got their first goal um, looks to be looks to be a proper handful as well. Um, so that's something obviously they would have to work for the, the for the second leg um, on Thursday, but. Just that that opening spell really was um, something that I don't think you're used to with a European game where you've got both teams doing it. You, you know, you would expect one team to kind of try and sit in and maybe just nick something or kind of spoil. Um, and it was, it was. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was good. It was good to watch. Um, nervous at times. 
Um, you know, some you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to you know, some of the decisions of the game from the refereeing and stuff like that. But you know, that fir- that first spell was really, really exciting, really entertaining. It was indeed, but um, it's one of those kind of anecdotes or, or sayings that you live by the sword and you die by the sword. And and, and, and Richard, maybe the the goal that we conceded uh, just before the end of the first half was uh, an example of that. Caught on the the the, the break, the counter attacked by 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 Hecken and. Um, while it was a really good move by them, uh, again the two players that you mentioned, Martin um, Sadiq setting up Leone for the for the opening goal, but from the moment that they caught us in the break, I, th- I think looking back, we we only ever had the two defenders in our own half, uh, uh, and that was uh, uh, Devlin and uh, and Rubicic, and uh, maybe just an example of uh, Aberdeen maybe being a little bit too bold under that circumstance. I'm actually less fussed about the way we conceded the goal than a lot of how that first half went because it was an ultra-aggressive high press and I do think it's just a classic risk-reward thing that if you are going to try and press them super high and have your not just your your front four, your, your strikers and your wing-backs really pushing but you know Shinny, Paul Vara were really up the pitch as well uh, I think you are likely to be caught like that if a team has the ability to play it out. And Hecken proved that they did have that ability to play out and they executed everything well there. You can definitely look at aspects in terms of tracking the runner. There was a, a point where the pass goes past Shinny. Shinny and Morris can't really decide who's going to go with a guy that kind of makes the run in behind them. As it is, neither of them do that. And Shinny isn't really screening the pass either. Definitely a lot of fingers pointed at Morris in terms of his lack of ability, his lack of determination, not lack of ability, but lack of determination to really break a leg to get back and defend that situation. I don't know how much that would have made a difference anyway. So so honestly, when it comes to that goal, I, I am. you can pick holes in any goal scored against you, but the way in which we were attempting that high press, I think it is just risk-reward that you're going to, you know, if a team is good enough to play out and play through you like that, then it's, yeah, it, it's what's going to happen. It's the other side of, of playing how you're meant to, playing how you're looking to play. And it has to be said, we looked like we were going to get a lot of reward from that really aggressive high press. Um, and I'm really impressed with the energy that the team showed throughout the night because I, my concern at halftime was, I, I did, I, well, I had two concerns. First of all, my concern was, yes, we're pressing well, we're pressing high, we can get joy out of this, we can score, but can they do that for 90 minutes? Can, will they be out of their feet after 60? And, you know, by the end, we were looking the far stronger team, which given we're a few games into our season and they're halfway through theirs, is a really good sign. But the more concerning thing for me was actually not when they broke against us for that goal, it was most of the other passages of play when we were in a good defensive shape, but they were still able, they were so comfortable on the ball. Um, certainly, you know, once they escaped the the high press, they were so comfortable on the ball and they were so good at finding space and so good at just a drop of the shoulder or a change of direction, absolutely foxing the opposing defender and giving them a lot of opportunities. Now they didn't end up having too many clear cut chances at goal, but you can see that when this team is powering and that they are effective, that they're really effective. And I thought we did really well to wrestle back the momentum in the game. And not just after it went 2-0, but I thought right at the start of the second half, we became a lot braver on the ball ourselves. So that 
our key attacking moments weren't just trying to take advantage of high press errors from them we were actually able to build things ourselves yeah so taking that on into the, the second half because i think it was a good point that um it was actually really encouraging how well we were playing uh, and taking the game to hecken in the second half even though we went a goal down and then it seemed like one of those classic scottish teams in europe stories where right right at the point where it seemed that you know we we, we had the momentum we might be able to get ourselves back in the game um we get this um well i think it's a fairly controversial penalty award against us so um uh a ball into the box it appears as if mckenzie uh may have came off his arm as the ball's coming into the box but but it's 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 hit him from incredibly close range i, th- I think They've probably seen the fact that he is he has moved his body forward at the time that the balls came off of him. But um, for 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 me, a a, a a bit of an unfortunate penalty to concede. And uh, Martin once once he saw Ibrahim Sadiq send Calarus the wrong way to go two 0 up. Were you were you also thinking typical typical glorious failure? I was definitely, <clears throat> excuse me. I was definitely a little bit worried. Yeah, I mean, I think with the, the thing with the penalty as well is like you know he's, he's has touched it with his hand. I mean, I, you know, I, I want to I want to give Mackenzie the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I don't know. I think it's is it is it Mayowski was next to him in the in, in the box. I think is he wor- is he maybe worried that Mayowski is going to clatter him as well because they're maybe both going for the same ball. Ach, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to I don't want to give him too hard 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 a time. Um, because I you know I think it's I think it's a very very it's a, a very harsh decision for the penalty but you know he's touching with his hands you know letter the law and all that kind of stuff uh, but yeah as soon as Sadiq steps up and slots that away really really kind of worried you know I, I think we'd most we'd made a change we'd made a change just before that I think um, did um, McDonald's had came on just before and so uh, kind of worrying thinking do we just do we just does he make changes and try and shop shop here. Or what can he do? Um, but instead, and even though we'd been playing well, no, Richard's Richard's right to say, you know, we we hadn't been, you know, we hadn't been a, a shambles before the goal. I don't think. I think we've been we'd been doing well um, with that comes. But then, you know, Robson immediately, you know, immediately makes the changes, and we see Magari and McGrath come on, um, and that just we we just even more come into the game. And from that point, you no, know, with with twenty minutes to go, um, you know, we were still. We still had the same urgency, the urgency that we had in the first half, but I think we were we were playing. I think we were playing even much much better. Um, just it seemed to be the passing was. They were finding the passes. There was no less. You no, know, I see. You see, you have the right urgency in the ball, but there was you know, was less carelessness with the ball as well. We were finding people. We were getting in good positions, and as soon as those two subs and obviously, you no, know, obviously I don't think they're both. For the the obviously we'll come to today in a minute. Um, the obviously aren't fit enough maybe to be starting the game. I would imagine so coming on just getting that twenty minutes was exactly what we needed. Um, you know, McGrath um, announced and announced himself really the Aberdeen support after you know, we spoke about him last week. We spoke about how you know people you know kind of he wasn't he wasn't didn't seem to be welcome with open arms. Whether that was just a little bit of bitterness because of the way that um, he turned us down before, uh, but he came on. I thought, no, I thought McGarry was good, but McGrath was just an absolute revelation for that 20 minutes he was on the pitch. Um, I was just so impressed with him. I thought it was a lot of energy from McGrath. Um, Bovara uh, did well in terms of his athleticism to get around the pitch and to be part of the press, but a lack of touch and a lack of decision-making at times. It was one opportunity. The, the ball was won high really, really well, and... 
he and Lopez pretty much had a, had a, an opportunity to two to one to exploit the defender in the in the centre of the park, but he takes a, a shot instead, and it's just straight at the defender, and the opportunity is lost. He also gets the booking, which um, I don't know. I've not seen it back. I've not seen the replays and so on, but there was a bit of concerns when it happened live about what might happen there, um, because we you know we know everything gets reviewed times. It felt a little bit reckless. Again, he's allowed the ball to get away from him, and uh, he stretches, uh, and that's always quite dangerous in those scenarios. So McGrath comes on and has a part to play in that first goal as well. But I thought the transformation really at the start of the second half was was getting Clarkson on the ball and allowing him to, again, just more forward, lateral forward passes from Clarkson rather than just him playing it sideways or backwards. Made a big difference. Miofsky, surely we'll come on to talk about Miofsky. Um, the idea that he's just a penalty box striker, I thought he led the line really, really well. Uh, McGrath came on, big impact on the, the opening goal, could have got the winner. But broadly speaking, you know, I, I think we really grew into the game. Even the guys that had taken a lot of stick online, and, and Mackenzie had a really tough evening because he was up against probably the most skillful player in the opposition, and he wasn't really getting that much help from, from Ryan Duncan at left wing back. And it's unfair to overly criticise Ryan because he's not a left wing back. And obviously the balance of the side seemed to get a lot better when we when we brought McGarry on. Also, when we moved Devlin out to right wing back, the balance seemed to get a little bit better. So everything had got better in that second half. And the, the, you knew the penalty, because it's so long they were taking to, to look at things. You, there was an inevitability about the fact that the referee would be sent to look at it. And from that point on, you know that on 99 times out of 100, it's going to be given. My real concern was actually after Miofsky's goal, because... It just again seemed to be an awful wait after that, a proper agonising wait for that to get checked and you just felt the worst because you just thought that's a, that would have been just another blow which would have been too much for us to come back from because even at 2-1 you, you're thinking you're right, you're right back in it, you've got a chance to pull it back over the course of the two legs. Obviously it got better still than that. It did. So I suppose going into into the goals themselves and the 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 the, the first one, the goal the goal that uh, gets us back in the game, Martin. Um, as as you've both alluded to, the involvement of Jamie McGrath made a huge difference in relation to that. But when it when it got to the business end, uh, Leighton Clarkson is out on the right hand side in the field, manages to hook a ball into the penalty area that Miowski gets a hold of, and it's really himself with three or four heckin' defenders around him and. He manages to manipulate the ball in the penalty area from quite close range, subtly moves it onto his preferred left foot and smacks it into the back of the net. Oh yeah, it was still, it was a brilliant piece of play from him. Um, you know, it's like you're every right to you know credit, no credit McGrath and credit Clarkson getting that ball in there. But the control from Mayovsky in the box, you know, it would be it, it would be easier for a lesser striker just to just you know it get it comes to him and just lash it and no hope for the best. But he doesn't do that. No, he takes he takes a touch. You know, he gets himself even an even better position uh, and puts it away. And you know, like say Richard says there that you know he's he's not just a penalty box striker. That you no, know, that's that's not the sort of thing that ju- a guy who's just a penalty box striker does. You know, you, know, you expect you no know, these guys. You no, know, that's kind of you know, I don't want to belittle the, the the brilliant and wonderful achievements of Adam Rooney. You know, but he was great. You know, just the tap ins and the penalties. 
Mayowski is you know is is able to do that, but he's able to do so much more. Um, and you know, like I say, just the control for the control for that was just that was just delicious seeing him do that. And he does that. And then we were in you know we were in the ascendancy. You know, he, that comes, and then you know, immediately, you know, he gets the ball. He's getting back. You know, the players clearly believed that we were getting something out of that as well, because I think they knew that we'd been we'd been you know playing really well. Um, and that once you get that first goal, it just felt it set the tone for the rest of the rest of the game. You know, that comes you know with 15 minutes to go, um, and you know with with 15 minutes to go, I don't know about you, Martin, but with 15 minutes to go, I genuinely believed we would get another goal. Yeah, it's amazing what a momentum swing like that can do to a match. And Richard, after after I essentially tee, tee you up for a tap in here, I'm going to throw it to you and, and ask you to tell me the experience in the way end during this five-minute period from the, the immediate bounce of getting a goal and getting back into it. And then not long afterwards... Um, we're we're suddenly back to to. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Jack McKenzie's involvement early in the match because I think he has come in for uh, a fair bit of some some sometimes warranted, but a lot of times hyperbolic criticism with regards to his defending ability. But this all comes back to um, McKenzie defending Sadiq one on one in the penalty area, stands him up, wins the ball off of him, sets Leighton Clarkson away, and then suddenly there's. Some wonderful interchange in the middle of the park. There's some nutmegs. There's a wonderful through ball from Miovsky to pick up the the marauding Nicky Devlin, and then a wonderful left footed chip over the goalkeeper, and then cue scenes. Yeah, the transformation in the way end was actually one that went in stages because you had considerable anger after Sadiq rolled the penalty kick away because he obviously chose to give it the old finger to the lips to the away end, which did not go down too well, um, especially with the young gentleman uh, in the ultras um, averaging core um, at the heart of the away support. Um, so it, there, was a, there was a real bubbling anger and antagonism from that point. He actually went down injured a few minutes later, almost right in front of us, uh, which went down slightly better. But yeah, you get that goal back and... There was an, a, there's obviously there's an explosion of joy, but yeah, it, it, there was absolutely as well kind of come on, we can do this. They've been oddly unsettled all evening for a team that's won the Swedish league, for a team that's really really strong at home, and we did feel that we could create opportunities, and we did feel that there was something there for us. But two 0 obviously you're thinking, Jesus, this could be gone tonight. You know, this could be. Because they did look good going forward, so you could, you know, you could have had one of those evenings where you, you're kind of coming close, but you end up with a three 0 defeat or something, and the tie is gone. So to get that goal, everyone knew the importance of it in terms of the context of the tie, but in terms of the context of the evening, yeah, there was plenty time to go, and just real belief from the away end, and I'm sure that it's you, nonsense talked about all oh, that belief transfers from the sport. The belief was already in the players. I think they knew as well that they were. They were troubling them. They were causing them problems. They were finally, after, as I say, the first half where we'd got chances off pressing them high, we were actually getting chances off our own moves. The um, Miofsky shot very early on, Paul Vala going over the bar, and then the goal. But yeah, when the second comes, it kind of unfolded. and It was at the other end, which is the, the only... Sad part about the evening because I shudder to think what it might have been like had the equaliser gone in at our end, but you could see it wonderfully unfolding out in front of you. 
you could you, you know you, you, Mackenzie makes a good block good challenge to get the ball off Sadiq moves it forward <clears throat> you can see that um, Miowski's done really really well to put his body in a position to hold on to the ball and lay it off to to Clarkson you can see that Clarkson's then got a couple of options in front of him he decides to go for Miowski again Miowski you can see someone's made the run you're not sure who's made that run but you're wondering oh can he pick him out can he pick him out yes yes he can pick him out and it turns out to be Nicky Devlin. Didn't know this at the time. Didn't wouldn't have suspected it was Nicky Devlin at the time. It turns out to be Nicky, Nicky Devlin at the time. He takes that first touch and you think, oh, it's just it's too much. You've taken too heavy a touch. Your keeper's going to get it. And, and then he's he's able to lift it over him, and it's it, it's a striker's finish from a guy that's been playing right centre half for most of the evening, and absolute bedlam. I don't need to describe to you what this looked like. Because you can see what it looked like. It's brilliantly this footage out there of um, of the away end, and it, it, to me, it looked, it's a little bit like that famous footage of the St. Mirren away game. There's about four, there's about forty five different pieces of action that you can take your eyes to, and different narratives going on, and everyone celebrating in their own different way, but everyone absolutely going crazy in their own way. Fabulous, fabulous moment. And it, again, at that point, it's like. At them, at them, at them, because they are on the racks, and you're thinking this could we could win this this evening. Um, didn't didn't quite get over the line as far as that goes, but we did from that. Uh, I'd hesitate to say we dominated from that point because Hecken still had openings and opportunities, and they were still coming forward as aggressively as they had all night. But it was our ability now to find spaces in that back line, and our ability again of, of Clarkson to be able to find the forward players of McGrath to be able to carry the ball forward, a ball carrier, because that's something which Bovara just hasn't been in that role, uh, playing as the furthest forward midfielder. It just helped stretch him, just helped stretch the game, just helped get us up the park. And set the scene for those last 15 minutes. It could have been... It was a great comeback. It could have been properly magical. We came close a few times. Disallowed goal. I have to say, I was... I was in mid celebration when the guy next to me goes, you know, sort of taps me on the shoulder and gives it the calm down, calm down hands and points at the uh, points at the linesman, which meant that, frankly, I was one of the early adopters in the away end for recognising it was offside because I think it took a good while for for um, acknowledgement of that to ripple through the entire away end. Um, so it, it could have been better still. Um, so it's a really positive result. It was a positive performance. It was only a draw, though, and this is only half-time. And Hecken are not going to play any differently when they come to Pataudry. Now, that should work in our favour, because we should be able to use the energy of the home support and really press them like we did on Monday. We should have the confidence to know that we can play through them as well. If football doesn't always work like that. They will be dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there's quite clearly a very competent team uh, there, they, 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 they showed it in large part, certainly in the first half and, and, and parts of the second half. Uh, Martin, I was exactly in the same position as you, and it sounds like Richard was the same, where uh, um, it, you suddenly go from the, the, the miracle of a comeback from 2-0 down to 2-2 to thinking, oh man, we really have an opportunity to win on the night here. Um, it was important on the night, but it will be also important next Thursday that uh, Johan Hammer, the, the uh, Hecken uh, defender, was sent off, so he, he will not be available 
for for next Thursday. Um, there's also rumours that Ibrahim Sadiq might not be at the club. He might be sold in the intervening period as well. Um, heck, and also, I mean, again, we'll we'll come to the Submarine game uh, soon soon enough, and and how much of a European hangover we suffered from. But uh, that is as nothing compared to what uh, heck of experience they had. Their Gothenburg derby today against IFK. Uh, found themselves three 0 down at half time and ended up losing four two. And, and for a bit of context, um, Hecken, if they'd won today, would have been back to top in the, the Sweden uh, Allsvenska. Um, whereas Gothenburg start, um, IFK rather started that game in the relegation zone and, and pulled themselves out of there due to that result. So um, all, all is clearly not well in, in, in the Hecken camp as they come to Pitodri, but. Um, we we all know, especially given, as you say, you know, oh, 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 if away goals were to have counted, it would have been wonderful to have taken that 2-2 result back with the away goal advantage. But um, I don't think anyone's fooling ourselves that um, as as poor as Hecken may have been at the weekend, we, we haven't exactly been very good either. And effectively, you might as well just start from scratch again on Thursday night. Well, yeah, that's exactly what it is. You know, it's a 2-2, no away goals, you know, the first leg, you know, other than really to kind of set a marker um, and to know now, now we're, we're aware of what they're capable of and, and vice versa. Um, so, yeah, it's basically just, you know, we've got we've got one home game. Um, yeah, it would be fantastic if somebody could come and swoop in and get Sadiq out of there. Um, really, would that would be doing us. Um, you know, if, if any if any of these money bag clubs around Europe are are doing it, please, you know, let let's get him out of there. As pr- get him out of there pronto. Meanwhile, Southampton, keep your keep your fucking hands off of Mayowski, obviously, because um, we need, we really what's need him. Sorry, what's the chat on Sadiq? How much are people quoting for Sadiq? Because frankly, <laughs> I think you know where I'm going here. Um, he'd look very good in the SPFL. I haven't personally seen any kind of amounts swinging around. I think, I think, I think it might have been somewhere around about the three million mark. I think that they were talking about, but I could be, I could be misquoting. But um, as I say, we'll we'll probably want to be uh, making sure that there's a, a full lineup available for ourselves as well. There was some discussion, and it may it may well have been media speculation because as soon as there was discussion that uh, Majowski might be the subject of a £4 million bid from Southampton, it was very quickly within 24 hours um, re- retracted or at least stated that there had been no official uh, move for him. But again, um, hopefully we'll have our, our full complement available by the end of the transfer yeah, window. window. Um, 3500000 million so not quite a Miofsky, but very, very close to a Miofsky. Um In that case, though, I suppose, Richard, you, you, you've you uh, rather wisely um, decided that you're not going to hang around for the the uh, autopsy of our performance at Paisley. So before you depart us, maybe just a, a final summing up of your experience of Gothenburg and, and your recollections of the game. For me, um, clearly, you take the goals with you. Um sort of reminder that these European jollies are all well and good, but when you manage to secure a result against the head, as we did on Thursday night, that they become many, many multiple times better. Um, the equivalent I can remember is uh, Nipro, obviously. I think you're probably unlikely to have a bad European away following your team, but when you pull a result off, um, especially when it looked unlikely, it, it feels really, really special. And I think that togetherness at the end, and it was almost a perfectly judged um, 
moment between the team and the fans, um, which I hope a lot of you saw for Northern Lights towards the end. Um, I would like to echo a criticism uh, made by um, someone um, on the Twitter feed that we do sing that song a bit too quickly. So if the lads in the red shed could do one thing, um, which would be to manage the tempo of that one better and help to, to spread that amongst the support. Think Spurs doing uh, when the Spurs go marching in. Um, think if we can you know, bring it down to that tempo, I think it would be even more magnificent. But it was a great moment, the whole playing team. Barry Robson um, was lingering a bit uh, at the back because you know he's not the playing team and he understands that. Dave Cormack came on to shake Barry's hand and because of the man he is, had to almost join in with the uh, team lineup, which was um, very Cormackism um, of him. <laughs> I'll say no more on that, but it, it, it's always a privilege to be able to, to go on these trips. And as I say, when you're able to pull off a result, it feels it feels very special, and Gothenburg has a place in all our hearts, and um, it, it was so nice to be able to go back there to watch the Dons play there again, and uh, I am gutted about missing Thursday because Thursday is a going to be a big European match. I can't remember the last time we sold out one of these like a week in advance as well. It's clearly a real appetite amongst the home support to be there as they should be. Um, I, I think it could be a brilliant night. I. Uh, I don't think we're going to experience what we did with um, with Carabag the other year because I, I think they were much more streetwise, much more smart, much more used to getting through these qualifiers. I think the fortunate aspect of this draw is while Hecken are a good side, a good attack-minded side, Swedish champions, and go and have a look to see what happened last time the Swedish champions played the, the, the team from Scotland. But what they don't have is that know-how of getting through these European group stage, uh, European qualifiers to get through to the group stage. Now, clearly, they're going into the group stage regardless. So, so maybe there won't be the same intensity between the two teams because they both know that they're going to have guaranteed European football, and it ultimately doesn't matter that much. But it matters to us, and it'll matter to us on Thursday because we want to be competing at the highest level we can be competing. It doesn't matter that it might be a slightly easier passage in the in the conference league, and you might want you know you some people might prefer to be there for for that opportunity to win some games, get some coefficient points, earn some money that way. No, you want your team to compete at the highest level against the best teams that you can, and you never you don't want to get into the habit of falling into a consolation tournament. Um, you know that's for the heart of Midlothians of this world. Let's get through a tie on Thursday. Let's see who we get in the draw on Friday. And, uh, but yeah, it's all about Thursday night and it's going to be brilliant and, and I'm absolutely gutted that I'm not going to be there. So it's going to be red TV for me on um, on Thursday. From If I have to watch it at Flushing Meadow, then I'll watch it at Flushing Meadow in the stands and, and get kicked out for, for cheering to every dawn's goal, hopefully. Um, but but when uh, last week in Gothenburg, yeah, pretty special, pretty special. I, I said beforehand, I was actually just hoping we were able to take back some kind of result that would keep us in the game. Not necessarily a, a positive result, but even if it had been 2-1, I think I'd have been happy with that. But 
to get an actual positive result out of it and uh, I'm sure the, the, the emotions amongst the support must have been fantastic. I, I will say I do have a bit of empathy for the, the way support that when the emotions in you and, and the adrenaline's in you, I think it's incredibly hard to take a moment to temper the pace of the Northern Lights. So I'm going to have a little bit of empathy with fellow, fellow dandies on that front. But um, anyway, um, I'm sad that you're going to be missing the game on Thursday, but um, uh, I'm sure you'll be willing the dawns on from afar. So I'll, I'll take the opportunity right now to say thank you very much for joining us, Richard, and, and enjoy your break. Cheers, lads. Enjoy talking about what sounds like an absolute shit fest in Paisley. Thanks, Richard. And on that note, Martin. <laughs> um, yeah, the the shit fest at Paisley. Um, where 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 to start with this? Well, I suppose we will start at the beginning of it. Um, obviously, this will be the first of what will be uh, eight Sunday games, at least eight, let's stay positive, at least eight Sunday games which will be following activity in European football. The the first time that we have experienced that challenge of uh, uh, turning out, especially from an away game. So you've got a match that started late night on Thursday. The, the players, I, I presume, wouldn't have flown out until the following day. And then you've, on top of that, then got to make the, the trip down the road to, to Paisley for this game. Uh, only a couple of changes to the start of a, starting 11, but significant because it's the first time that Barry Robson had made changes to the starting 11 in the competitive fixture um, and, and sensible changes on the face of it. Uh, Johnny Hayes coming in to left uh, wing back in place of Ryan Duncan and uh, in line with what happened in the first substitution in Gothenburg, um, Angus McDonald restored to the back three, allowing Nicky Devlin to play at his more natural uh, right wing back, and that meant Shaden Boris uh, dropped out of the side. And do you think that's perhaps the beginning of this transition away from the, the 11 that Barry Robson effectively had to make make do with and make the best of, and, and the beginnings of a transition towards what will likely be his ultimate preferred starting 11? I think it will be. I mean, look, McDonald is going to be McDonald is one of the ones who's going to be first choice anyway. So we know that's going to be in there. Um, and I would I would assume that Devlin was was brought in to be playing that you know right right back right wing back role. Um, so I think that is definitely the the, the start of it now. Uh, once McGrath and uh, McGarry are, are fully up to speed, you would imagine they'd be coming the coming in as well. But that's not to say Hayes is going to Hayes is going to be you know, moving out. You know, I think he's still got an important part to play for Aberdeen this season. Um, so it will be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but you know, I, I, I say that you know, I say that you know, you don't bring in players um, to not play them. But obviously, the QB, you know, we can, for, it's, it's a conversation for another episode because we've obviously got you know, we're, we're going to probably go long here. So so, you know, the curious case of Oradadia, for example, is, you know, you bring someone in and he's never going to get anywhere near the first team, it looks like. Um, but, yeah, definitely, like you say, I think this is the start of him. You know, you know, you know McDonald looks to be, you know, fully fit back to back to that. So, he, you know, I imagine he'll be starting. Um, you know, Ryan Duncan did. He got a, he had a very he had a very tough time. Um, Ryan Duncan and McKenzie, to be fair, they both had a very tough time on Thursday night. Um, so, yeah. I guess you don't want to make. I suppose you don't want to make. I mean, don't want to make too many changes. Um, you know, had they finished, had they finished, the, started the game today. Sorry, with the same eleven that finished the game. Um, I don't think any of us would really would have complained. Um, but you assume he wants to keep a little bit of continuity there um, until. The other two names that I mentioned are sort of back up fully back up to sp- up or up to speed with the the rest of the scam. Um, and now, of course, 
they'll be home by now. They've got, you know, probably three, well, three full days um, before the match on Thursday, and then they can work out what they're going to do from there. So the last time we spoke about Aberdeen in uh, in the league, it, we were talking about um, have we ever been so positive about a match that we ended up losing three one. Um, and of course, that that maybe doesn't look quite as impressive in in hindsight. Celtic followed that up by getting bundled out of the League Cup by Kilmarnock and failing to score at home against possibly the worst team in the Premiership, St Johnston. Um, now I'm probably going to be asking: Can we? How how negative will we end up being about a game that we ultimately managed to get a result out of? Um, uh, it, 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 the first half couldn't have gone much worse um, in in terms of the the performance. Um, a real lack of any kind of strategy, it seemed, in terms of how we were going to be playing the game. Uh, it seemed to just revert to a lot of uh, long balls that were being dealt with very capably by the St Mirren back three, um, and then um, going the other way, repeated attack upon attack from St Mirren, um, uh, disallowed goal for offside, um, and really it seemed at that point inevitable at some point they were going to get the first goal and, and, until until they didn't, and then it ended up being us. I'll, I'll come to the goal later on, but up, up, up to that point, um, you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, is that, is that potentially one of the worst performances we, we've seen from, from an Aberdeen team in recent times? And again, bearing in mind we've seen some of the, some of the, some of the performances that we had in under, under uh, recent other managements, um, that's, that's quite a statement to be saying. Um, yeah, um, no, th- I'm going I'm to say something here that sounds really wanky to say it, so I apologise, <laughs> right? Because, but you know, like we've obviously said before, you know, you want to play, your teams want to play well, so I know, no, sometimes you say, oh, it's not all about winning, but it also is all about winning, or it's all about getting a result. So, like, you lose against Celtic, but you know, you can see, you know, a direction and an intent of doing something. So, despite you get nothing out of the game. While you're never happy to lose a game, you can be slightly positive and you can say, right, okay, we're, we're, I'm all right with that. Uh, today, we get something out of the game and it's, you know, there's a, there's, you know, a lot of negativity kicking about, you know, and that's understandable. You know, you have to remember, I mean, we did still get a point. Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to give, no, no, Barry Robson didn't use it. So I, we don't have to use the whole, oh, it's a tough place to go excuse. <laughs> um, thankfully, thankfully I was, I was really, when I listened to him on Radio Scotland after the game, I was like, Barry, please don't say it, please don't say it. Um, but you, you can, you can be negative about it because the, of the way the performance was. And you're right. That is in terms of, you know, in just terms of a, a one to 11 and a really awful first half, um, that is the, one of the, the, one of the worst, let's say in, in, in recent memory, um, because we've had some awful ones in recent memory, um, you know, under, under, there we say no. Um, so there's Stephen Glass under Jim Goodwin. Um, obviously, you know, even going far back as the, as the McGee era, um, we've seen some awful 45s of football. Um, today, you know, it just seemed to be mistake after mistake. You know, Roos, um, some of his no distribution wasn't there. The passing was, excuse me, the passing was off. Uh, we weren't getting forward. When we were trying to get forward, instead of trying to play an actual bit of football, it was a case of, right, just let's, you know, um, let's just hoy the ball up front. Um, you know, and St. Marin playing their three at the back as well. Um, I think it's Taylor Gogic and Marcus Fraser. Yeah. Um, they they just lapped that sort of thing up. Gogic in particular, you know, he's just he's just one of these big bastards who just you know you're gonna you're gonna shell balls up at him. Brilliant. He's gonna he's happy to deal with that sort of thing. Um, and you know that first half didn't put them under any real pressure. 
They didn't put their keeper under any real pressure. Um, and as it's going on, you know, really, you know, if, if we're being totally honest, you know, if I'm taking my Aberdeen hat off for the briefest of seconds, it's a crime that they didn't score a goal in that first half. <laughs> Yeah, there was there was a few a few of the the old cliche cliches banding about. I I threw my own one in on um, daylight robbery. I think you threw a few of your own in on the on the here we go feed when when we were covering the game. Um, but yeah, it's hard to think of it as anything other. And, and the one thing I, I did want to say is I don't think anyone's taking away from the fact that St Mirren were always going to be a formidable side at Paisley. Um, we've we've not had a particularly good run of results there in in recent years. Uh, we've we've not had a very good result a uh, run of results anywhere <laughs> in, in 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 recent years away from Pitodri. But you know, I think we do have to give a bit of credit to St Mirren because they were a team in form. Uh, they'd won their last six games in a row. Ha- had they won today, then not only would it have been seven wins in a row, but it would have seen them two points clear at the top of the Premiership. And sure, we're only three games into the season, but. Um, I think I think it's fair to recognise that we were up against uh, a good Premiership side on a very good run of form, and they had a real motivation to get out of the traps early and and really put pressure on us. Having said all of that, it was incredibly depressing the extent to which the buddies really bullied us throughout the match, um, and again, I don't think, in fairness to to, to Barry Robson in the post match. Um, well, again, there was a few cliches of, of, his, of his own that he was throwing out. I think he genuinely wasn't trying to make an, an, an excuse for the performance because he did say basically we were kind of a yard off at the, the entire match. Um, but in spite of all of that, by some miracle, we ended up going um, in at halftime a goal up. Um, in many respects, I, fo- I found it very reminiscent of the, the, the goal we conceded against Celtic, the first goal we conceded against Celtic at Audrey. Um, which results from St Mirren giving away a completely needless free kick, um, you know, metres away from the penalty area. Um, the ball's come into Duki as is, is back to goal and, and, and Richard Taylor has basically just clumsily bundled him in the back, considered a free kick. And then from that, Johnny Hayes, credit to him, is putting a ball into the corridor of, of uncertainty. Uh, Scott Tanzer has uh, tried to follow the ball in. Um, Kane Hemming is coming out of his goal. They they meet in the middle, allow the ball to go right between the two of them, and by some kind of miracle, we're we're one nil up. Yeah, yeah the win- the winning of the free kick reminded no, reminded me a little bit of the the one that Shinney conceded um, against in the Celtic game, which is just a silly one to give away. Um, you know, it's it's not really you no, know, it's not really in a dangerous position. You know, just just a bit just a bit daft. Um, you know, and and we're capitalising. Hayes, you know, we know what Hayes is really is good at. He can, you know, he's got a, you know, a wand of a foot. He can deliver good balls at the box. Um, you know, uh, Hemming, the keeper, just I think he just I think he just panics. You know, he thinks he's obviously worried that one of our strikers is going to get ahead to it, so he doesn't want to come. Um, and he doesn't want to come. He doesn't then want to attack the ball as well because you know if he goes if he goes to his right, um, they might get to it. So I just think that yeah, definite like as you say the co- the old corridor of uncertainty. He just you know gets himself caught between you know between two in in two minds. Sorry, um, doesn't really know what he's doing, um, and then finds himself you know finds himself nowhere kind of rooted to the spot. And nobody else, nobody else, none of their defenders attempt to deal with it. Um, you know I was listening. You no, know, I had it on. You no, know, obviously having it on Red TV, I didn't really hear. You no, know, I don't know if there was. No, you couldn't really hear if there was a shout from him, from Emma Hemming, the keeper, or if there was a shout from the defenders. You couldn't really work it out. Um, so I'm not too sure, but just yeah, I'm, I'm, no. Hayes has Hayes has got. We've, we've gotten very lucky um, through just a, no, probably a miscommunication 
or you know, a lack of understanding between the the defence, um, the the St Mirren defence and the keeper, and you no know, brilliant, and then you know, one 0 at half time, um, you know, and you know, you, you, how can you believe? Can you believe it? You know, you're coming in, you play that badly, um, and I'd like, as you say, you no, know, throwing out the cliches of the thing, you know, like I said on the feed, uh, better to be lucky than good sometimes. Um, you know, I'd rather be, I'd rather be good than lucky, to be honest, though, <laughs> most of the time. But just sometimes, you know, just um, you know, you get you get that rub of the green that you know, we've you no know, in, in in times before you've been you no know, you've been lacking, you know, you maybe you know you, you know it doesn't bounce the right way for you or you don't get this. So um, it happened, you no, know, it happened. We're going one 0 up at half time. Um, you know, at half time, I think you know I don't know about yourself. I was hoping that at half time that would maybe be the boot up the arse they, they needed um, because we hadn't competed uh, in the first half at all. You know, we hadn't been doing what we're doing what we're good at. Um, didn't quite work out that way obviously um but you know when you when you think of it as that way where you know to, to get in at one nil having played so badly um it was no it was almost it was a delight to really yeah I, I think as depressing as the first half performance was i i was like you i thought you know by some miracle of 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 miracles we we've we've gone in one nil up we now have some we now have a lead to defend and that will provide the motivation for the players to you know go out in the second half and 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 you know, really, really try to, uh, I wouldn't say reimpose ourselves, we, we never really did impose ourselves, but to impose ourselves in the second half. But I think the, the sad thing was it, it was really just more of the same. And um, maybe looking at it from the other perspective, um, it could have been that St Mirren players could have went in at halftime thinking, man, we've we've done everything but scored and yet we're 1-0 we're down. I think there was then, not long after that, the, the, the Greg Kilty what would have been his first goal that was uh, eventually ruled out for offside because their centre forward, uh, Olesanya, was deemed offside in the build-up to that. And I think at that stage, a lot of teams could have been forgiven for thinking this this just isn't going to be our day. But credit to them, they, they, they kept going and um, lack of credit to us for allowing St Mirren to really keep, and keep, keep, keep dominating in the match and, and keep on top of us. Um, and and eventually uh, turned around for them. Um, I, I, I won't I won't go through both of the goals, submitting goals in 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 detail. But the first one, um, Ryan Strain, who I thought actually had a really good game, came in on the right hand side, ball in the box. Angus McDonald has raised his elbow um, in in looking to block the shot. I don't think there's any debate that that should have been a penalty. And and Kilty levels him the spot. And then not long after that, again, very similar to, or maybe not quite with the same amount of quality, but a very similar goal to concede from the, the first goal we lost against Hacken, where they've they've taken us on the, the counter-attack. Um, Mikel Mandron is allowed the space to drive forward with the ball. Um, he slips it through to substitute Alex Grieve, and he beats Kel Roos at the near post, and from a game that we looked like we were going to uh, steal steal a, a result from uh, from nowhere, we we were suddenly two one down again. Yeah, I mean as Richard likes to say on here, you know, winning is a habit, and I think at halftime, you know, St. Mirren would have you no know, because they've won. I think you said is the last six games they've they've won. Um, obviously they won. I think they won all their um, Betfred group games. Um, they won their they won their two two previous um, league games, and they've, they won the the League Cup second round game as well. So yeah, winning becomes a habit. So at halftime, they'll have they've had that belief. You know, they're well drilled. 
Um, you no, know, you can. If if, you know, if you want me to be wide about it, I can say, well, they've only in the in the League Cup they played St Mirren, in the league they've only played Dundee and Hibs, <laughs> but they showed today that they're a decent team. You know, um, so I would be doing them a disservice just to kind of dog, just to you know bat away the quality of opposition they're playing. Um, but you know, the, the, it shows what shows what you can do when you've got you no know, a, a, a decent first, a decent eleven with some you know, some talented players in there. And a manager who you know, players are the players are willing to play for, and you know that shows that that winning becomes a habit, and they'll have had that belief that they're going to come out. We've done it, as you say, as you say, they've done everything but score. Uh, you know, they worked worked Roos in the first half. You know, made him made him pull off a couple of good saves. Um, there was, um, I think, in the the second half was it um, was um, all the same. It was through one on one with Roos as well. Um, you know, kind of kind of straight at him, but you know. You know, roosted, roosted kind of well to get it away, um, and yeah, just you know, I think they had that belief that they were going to get. They, they they had that belief they were going to get someone, and they played well, and they did. I mean, the thing about the penalty is, um, and I've seen, you know, obviously I've seen reactions online to the penalty of saying it's you no, know, it's harsh. It's a uh, look. If that's a penalty for St Mirren, then the one for the, the R one at the end of the game is a definite stop penalty as well. They're almost, I think, for me, they're almost the same same decision. No, you don't. You, the arm, you've, you know, they've lifted their arm. McDonald's lifted his arm. Bogic has lifted his arm for his one. So, um, I think if we're going to if we're going to whine about conceding the penalty, we can't then. You know, if we're being just sensible about it, then then take the penalty in the the hundredth minute and think think we deserved it. Um, because they were exactly the same, the exactly the same decision. So you know, but again, like I just said earlier, you know, that rub of the green. Some some days, um, it's just it's just your day. Um, and I think, you know, I, I have no explanation for it. I'm not one of these people that believe in karma and all this type of stuff. But there's something that that led to us getting a point today. Because um, I don't know what I don't know what kind of spiritual force Barry Robson. Um, you know, managed to manage to encounter, bring up from wherever, but Jesus Christ, that was that was so undeserved. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt if the game. So I think I think there was eight minutes of injury time that was yeah. awarded in the game, and I think the, the the penalty incident happened, and I think in the last of those minutes, I think I think it was another few minutes before we got through all the the VAR checking and stuff bef- until we actually got the goal, um, but. At, at ninety plus seven minutes, if the game had finished two one St Mirren, I think even even the most one eyed Aberdeen fan would have would have accepted that that would have been a perfectly merited result for St Mirren if they'd come away with a two one win. The the fact that I, and again, if you're if you're going to say anything, credit the team for going until the last minute of injury time to, to give themselves that opportunity. Um, and you're absolutely right. If, if I can't see how there's any complaint about the award of the penalty itself, if if it's a penalty for Angus McDonald having his elbow raised in, in, in blocking a shot down, then it has to be a penalty for Gogic going down and, and blocking Leighton Clarkson's shot. So I don't think there can be any debate in regards to the penalty. I, I, I don't know, though, if you saw the, the some of the debate afterwards, though, um, uh, some, some of the analysis where there was a suggestion that Boyan Mojavski slips slightly, his, he, he loses a footing on the standing foot, uh, and the suggestion was that he may have ended up striking the ball off of his standing foot, a, a, a double doink for, for those uh, NFL fans that will understand that reference. Um, I, I, I've had a look back at that a few times, and I'm not saying that that, that didn't happen, but I think some, some pundits were looking at it on, on, on sports scenes, certainly afterwards, and saying you could tell by the by the, the change in the 
in 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 the spin of the ball that that, that had made a double contact. I I I just think, and again, I might be I might be looking at this with a with a with an Aberdeen view in that, but I thought it was so inconclusive that I would have been stunned to, to be honest if they'd actually if if VAR had actually deferred that and asked. John John Beaton to have a look at that again. Having said that, I'm glad that they didn't because it's one of those kind of things. And I think we all know now that had they deferred it to the referee to have a look at, it's almost it's almost code now, isn't it, for referees to say, yeah, you've you've probably got to change that decision. Yeah. But again, maybe just a final dollop of luck on a on a on a fixture where we will we will hopefully never never reflect upon this again and just say, great, we got a point of a point out of it. We move on. Uh, definitely. I mean, like with, with that with that penalty, you know, like you said, the they're obviously they're pouring over the the did he touch it twice? I mean, I only saw it on um, I watched it on my laptop, so you know, I've only seen it. No, it was the St Mirren TV feed. I mean, obviously, BBC Scotland are showing it in high definition, triple ultra HD. I assume I've not watched sports scene yet. So um, I'll maybe have to catch sports scene and see the high quality camera they've got that has led the the BBC pundits, who are obviously not better. Um, and obviously, I mean, I don't know with Stephen Thompson on sports scene. I mean, maybe, if he wasn't, he's maybe putting the call saying you need to bubble about this because he was deliciously bubbling um, at halftime and after the game. But yeah, he but, didn't. He didn't make it onto this, the sports scene couch. No. I'm assuming he was just still just uh, beeling. Uh, he's probably he's probably still in St Mirren Park in a headlock uh, by from Willie Miller. Um, <laughs> just Willie Miller giving him what they called a nuggy, one of those things. <laughs> we just know Willie Miller's just like you know messing up his hair, giving him a nuggy, going ah fuck you, mate. Um, but like you, you can't tell. That's the thing is you can't tell based on the coverage because you know we don't have you know, the, the, what I can see. The you know, it isn't conclusive because the cameras aren't high quality. There isn't enough cameras or whatever. So you can't. For me, you can't make that. You can't make that call. Um, and I think it was a right decision. You no, know, the, the referees decided um, that that it was a goal. And we just you just have to you know as as an Aberdeen fan, and I'm obviously very biased. You just have to respect that decision. Yeah, I, I, that's where I'm at. I don't think there's I, I, again the, the if the referees. I think it would be impossible for a referee in real time to be able to tell if there'd been a a, a, a double touch there. But as you say, I mean, if if the point of VAR is to overturn overturn. Um, clear errors. I think that that definitely fell into the bracket of something where if you're if you're having to, as you say, triple zoom in and check the, the, the if the momentum of the football has altered at all, then I think what you're saying is there isn't a clear and obvious error there, and, and you just have to move on. And much as I'm sure St Mirren fans will will not agree with that, that that is where we've ended up. So we uh, hightail it back up the road with a point in the bag. Um, it's it, it's at least something that we've got out of that game. It's it's a thoroughly undeserved point, but it probably was important as well because again, we are only three games in the season. But had St Mirren beaten us today, that would have seen us seven points behind St Mirren already. Um, and and looking forward, as I, as I said at the outset, that's now the first of what will be uh, eight fixtures that we'll have to play this season immediately after uh, action in Europe. Um, it can only be concerning, can't it? Because we 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 we've we've heard a lot about um, the need to get these new recruits in to have a, a deep squad to make sure that we're able to compete on multiple fronts. But um, that can't be an excuse for the level of performance that Aberdeen produced today. Will again, there's undoubtedly something of an edge taken off of that, given the fact that we were able to get a positive result out of this game. But um, if if we think that we'll be able to get away with performances like that seven more times and still be in a position where we can realistically challenge for third again, then I think we've got another thing coming. 
Absolutely agreed. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got um, obviously it's home to Hib- home to Hibs next week. Um, as after the and okay, that's at least it's going to be the ho- at least it's the home we're at home on the Thursday as well. So that takes a little bit of a little of pressure the pressure off because there's no travelling. So having having an away European game and then an away game. Okay, it's only Paisley, but it's still an away game. Um, you know, there is a there is no like a, an upset there. Um, so yeah, that the good. But no, you're right. We can't the, we can't have another um, seven yeah seven performances like today because we need you need to be coming up. I mean. The fixtures as well. It's important that we get. It was very important we got a point today. I mean, we're sitting on. We're only sitting on two points. We're sitting in tenth. I know it's only three games in the season, so you know you can't really. You no, know, you, you don't really. You don't really get a full picture until you've played played everybody at least once. So it's a few weeks off of that. But you know, Hibs going to have a new going to have a new manager on Sunday. Um, then it's international break, isn't it? And then we've got you know we're away at Hearts. So that's going to be two tough. That's going to be two tough games you know, coming up immediately. Um, so I think it's really it's really important that to get you no, know, get something out with that we got something out of today. Um, otherwise, you'd start to. You know, I'm not going to start worrying at this point in the season. Like I say, after 11 games, then we can come back and say, you no, know, you'll you'll get my opinion of whether I'm ready to jump off Union Bridge or not. But at this point, um, I'm fine um, with it. You know, I'm obviously you want, to win, want to win every game. Didn't happen. Um, you know, we've played we've played the champions. Um, played on a played a played against Livingston on that atrocious sticky pitch, um, you know, and then today we had just an awful performance. So we managed to get out of dodge with you know with you know something that we didn't deserve. Now it just needs to turn turn it around. We will look forward to Thursday. Um, but no one find that performances like today can't become the norm uh, because we want European football to be a thing that happens every season. Um, and if you know, you'll get punished if you if you turn up and play like that. Um, the rest of the other seven Sundays. Yeah. So leaving that aside, we'll we'll reflect on that no more. Um, I've gone. <laughs> um, I've forgotten about it already, Martin. Good. Good. Forgot about what? <laughs> um. Yeah, so we'll we'll maybe wrap up this by again coming back to the the hacking match. Although, although in saying that again, maybe just a, a wee reflection that I don't know what it is about Aberdeen that we always seem to get teams immediately after they sack a manager, and we're going to get the new manager bounce against them. So um, it just seemed it just seems to be the case that Aberdeen seemed to get that short end of the stick more often than not. But um, um, you know, again, the, the, the game against Hibernian on Sunday, it, it will be important for exactly the reason you've said that we, we're, we're already a number of points adrift of some teams. Um, certainly not adrift of Hibs because they're sitting on zero points right now, but um, it is important that we start accumulating some results in the league sooner rather than later because if for no other reason... Um, it's it, the the only reason we're going to be enjoying European nights like the one we're going to experience on Thursday is because we got ourselves far enough up in the league in order to be able to do that, and it would be a rather of a shame to, to to get the experience of this again only to lose it because we we're not taking care of the business in in the league. But we'll we'll leave that for another day, and and just closing off on on this podcast with thoughts ahead of the return leg at Pitodri, as as Richard had mentioned. Um, a, a rare thing at Petodri, not only that we have a, a guaranteed sellout, but that we've 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 sold out a good week in advance of the fixture. Um, it's going to be an absolutely electric atmosphere on Thursday night, isn't it? And um, I think the important thing was, you know, the 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 the, the draw in in Gothenburg and the manner in which we 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 managed to come back and get that result was absolutely fantastic. And any any of the supporters who were there that night will have that memory. Uh, for the rest of our lives, but what what we don't want is, and I alluded to this in our last podcast, was I'm 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 hoping the club shop haven't printed out their uh, 
um, Memento, Aber- uh, Hacken 2, Aberdeen 2 uh, <laughs> photographs in advance because all of that will mean nothing if we end up getting bounced out of the Europa League on, on Thursday. So I, I, I don't think there's going to be any doubt that the, the support are going to be up for it. You'd, you'd have to think that with uh, a capacity crowd behind them, a packed Pataudry, that the players will be up for it and um, it'll just be exciting to see what we can do. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that you know I think we've levelled at some Aberdeen teams the past is that when they get big crowds in, um, they sometimes freeze, um, but you know, we had the we had obviously the game last season where we we basically pretty much secured sec- secured third um, at Pataudry. Um, you know that was in front of a big crowd. I mean, it was a midweek game, still a big crowd. We had a, a big big crowd there, um, and they managed you know they managed to get us over they get us over the line. We got you no know, we got a performance out of them. So I think that is something that the level of past. I'm I'm fairly confident that's not going to happen this time. Let's say it's 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 really impressive that you know, it's going to be a sellout. That's great, especially given that we've um, it's going to be obviously the the away fans are going to be in the main stand as well. Um, so it's not like they're going to be bringing you know two and a half thousand fans or something over. Uh, it's going to be a very very loud, hopefully partisan um, Aberdeen Aberdeen crowd. You know, like get up for it. Um, it's good. You know, Petodri's at his best on those European nights. I think at times, you know, just we've had, we've seen some good ones. You know, I mean, I'm too young for the for the Bayern Munichs and you know these type of games. But you no, know, in recent memory, we've had re- some really good ones. You know, we had the Copenhagen. We obviously had the so we did, we did have the the return Bayern Munich game. I should say as well the two two. Um, so Aberdeen, Aberdeen have had some of those really good nights at Petodri. Um Hopefully, touch fingers crossed, all that kind of stuff. We're going to see that again on Thursday. I've no, I've no doubt that you know the you know, the players will be well aware how important this is as well. As Richard mentions, you know you want to be playing at the highest level. You know, you know the, these guys, you know these guys, I mean, you know, they're they're young, they're young men, they're ambitious. They'll be looking at the teams that are available in the Europa League, um, and they, you want to test yourself against the best teams. You want to test yourself against the best opposition. Um, go to these, go to these big stadiums. Um, you know whether it's, it's Ajax or I think Liverpool or whoever like this. You know you want to try and get some of these teams. Um, so I think that you know there'll, there'll be there'll be no complacency. This is going to be a tough game. You know that front three very very handy. As you said earlier, Martin, brilliant for us that um, the defender Hammer is injured and um, injured sorry suspended. Um, that's good. That's a, that's you know, a real a real bonus for us. Um, you know, but it's it's going to be it's going to be a really good it's going to be a really good night. And I'm like, no, I'm looking forward to seeing how the team how the team perform, how Barry lines them up, what changes might be made. Because um, you know, we obviously have you know, the, the McGrath and McGarry now, who will be you know a few more days closer to being you know match fit. Dare say properly integrated into the team. Um, so. Um, it's really, you know, really a lot of excitement going to be ahead, and we've got, you know, we've got four days of build up to go for it as well. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a fever pitch by Thursday night. It will. Um, I'm not sure if we can wait four days for this to happen, but um, I guess we've got no choice. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think we're all really looking forward to what will hopefully be um, a, a, a modern day uh, European classic. Um, in terms of what we're doing next for the podcast, obviously we've got the, the match on Thursday night. Hopefully we will progress from that and get into the Europa League group stages. Um, but um, even if we un- are unfortunate enough to get knocked out at this stage, we will be going into the Europa Conference League group stages in any event. So the draw for that will be taking place on Friday. And so I think the intention will be that um, Martin and myself will come back and do another podcast after that draw has been confirmed so we can reflect back on 
what's happened um, on Thursday night and, and look forward to um, the the matches that will have been thrown up in the draw against us, hopefully in the Europa League group stages. Um, until then, thank you very much again, Martin, for joining us for this. Thank you. Just obviously one, one final thing um, that I know, obviously, because we do have Hibs on the Hibs on the, after it as well, is that um, I saw a fantastic tweet um, today from a Hibs fan um, saying that, and it was, um, he's called Lewis HFC 1875. Um, and he just simply says that it's mental that Aberdeen are the real winners of Hibs 6, Aberdeen 0. It's a fantastic way, way to put it after, you know, obviously it was just after yesterday's result for you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's in many ways it's so true, isn't it? That when you when you look back on it, we we obviously look back on that because it was the match that eventually saw Jim Goodwin go. But I think it's perhaps often. Uh, forgotten or, or not thought about that uh, Lee Johnson was on as sugarly a peg as Jim Goodwin was at that time and had that result been opposite it might well have been that he'd have gone at that time as well and there's there is some truth to, to that that um, if, if if that hadn't happened we wouldn't have had the the change in management and the um, the, the change in circumstances that followed and from Hibbs perspective you could argue that probably delayed what was uh, a change that, that that maybe ultimately was always going to happen for them as well so um this is yeah. why we this is why we love football that's why football's the best sport in the world just, just stuff like that you know it just such fine margins it's just the best isn't it i i i i put a uh i i saw the news and i think 10 minutes after it was breaking news i put a tweet up myself of i was as as you know, Martin, I'm a, I was being a, I've been a big aficionado of the SPFL Trust Trophy this season, and um, I captured. And I don't know why I, I I had this in my mind at the time, and I never thought it would come back and be that relevant. But there was a, a picture of Lee Johnson came along to watch uh, Hibs B playing against for Martin United at, at Meadowbank Stadium, and I just captured a photograph of him wander, wandering across the, the pitch with an umbrella in arm, and it and it just it just struck me as being so similar to it was kind of like the mirror image of the the footage of. Jim Goodwin walking off the the Easter Road pitch as he as he as he snuck out of the building after he got sacked and it for whatever reason it just struck a chord with me at the time and I thought I'm going to take a photograph of that and you know it's just a, it's it, it, as you say football's just the best sport for things like that it's just incredible how things like that turn around so so on that note as I say we we've got we've got Hibs to look forward to in the in the in the future but um in in the immediate future obviously uh we're we're all going to be hoping for a, a positive result on Thursday and one which will see us progress into the Europa League group stages so until then, come on, you Reds. <laughs>